Hey, this is Brent Jensen, and you're listening to No Sleep Till Sudbury, the show where we talk about the music that makes your skin vibrate. And tonight we are joined by Brighton Rock lead guitarist Greg Fraser. Greg, welcome to the show, man. How are you doing? Uh, incredibly adequate at the moment, Brent. <laughs> incredibly <laughs> adequate. How about you, buddy? <laughs> uh, I'm doing great, man. I can't complain. Right. I can't complain. Right. Hey, what's going on in Niagara Falls tonight? Uh, not too much. You know, just enjoying the summer. Going to have a crack a couple of beers, enjoy the nice weather, and, you know, have a nice chat with you, my friend. boy. Thank you. Thanks for taking the time, man. I appreciate it. My pleasure. It's an honor. So, Greg, we're talking off air. Uh, I've been a Brighton Rock fan since I was a kid. I always thought you guys had some really well-written songs. You know, I thought you did a great job. It was always fun for me to watch you play. I was into your playing. Oh, thanks, man. Oh, you're welcome. You looked like you were having a good time all the time. That's what I liked about Brighton Rock. Well, we, we, we were all having a good time. And, and you know what? That's, uh, when you get a band together, it's, there's, there's so many bands you go watch, you're kind of disappointed sometimes because they're, you can tell they're not having a good time, yeah. whether it's nerves or they're, you know, they're just phoning it in. You know, it's like sometimes people are so stressed out about everything being perfect on stage that they'll just stand there and just you know, recreate everything on the record. And it's like, you know, we just let things fly, man. When the, when we play, and and, and the, the trick is to find the right guys yeah. and to play the music that you all generally love. Uh, you know, instead of just being a hired gun in a band, that's like, okay, well, I'll just take the paycheck. And yeah. you know, you, you can kind of see through that. Like, but you know, we we wrote this music. Like, I wrote all the music for Brighton Rock, pretty much, and and our singer Jerry wrote the words and. You know that that music's from the heart. I mean, that's that's in our blood, and mm-hmm. and so we love it. And you know, the, the, when the crowd would get into it, we would feed off of that big time. It's like we're so honored that you appreciate our music. That it's such a blast, you know. So we would enjoy ourselves immensely, you know, before we got on stage, on stage, and off stage. Yeah. You know, we were brothers, brothers in arms, and uh, that's that's a huge thing, man. Yeah, you know, I could tell. I mean, it just looked like you guys didn't take yourselves too seriously. You, you liked each other. You're having a lot of fun, and that really adds a new dimension to it. It's everything. It's everything. Uh, that, that's what rock and roll is. It's supposed to be fun, you know. If if you start taking it too seriously, then what's the point, you know? It's, it's yeah. just it just becomes generic at that point, you know. Exactly. So, exactly. Yeah. 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 So uh, so what's going on with Brighton Rock these days? I know you guys are still active. Uh, well, we do a, a, a couple, you know, two or three shows a year. Uh, we got back together in 2012. We got offered to do a festival over in England, and uh, cool. our singer Jerry said, "Hey, you guys want to go to England?" It's like, "Yeah, okay, that'd be fun." <laughs> so we got back together for that and did a did a, a festival there. Did a couple of shows in Toronto, and then uh, the next year they offered the the same thing again back in England. Went back and did another festival there, and. Uh, so ever since then, we've just been doing two or three shows a year. Um, we're, you know, we're not a full-time band anymore. Everybody's got different lives, you know, married yeah. with kids and run businesses and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. it's hard for us to get together, you know, to do a whack of shows or to go on tour. Like we get lots of offers to do shows, you know, now that people know we're back on the horizon. Mm-hmm. But it's it's tough for us to, to do the shows. So we turn down a lot and it's unfortunate, but uh, the shows that we can do uh, because we don't play every night like we used to in the old days it's mm-hmm. it's really special for us yeah and uh we really look forward to it you thought we had fun before come and see us now man because <laughs> <laughs> you know we're, we're just dying to get on that stage you know like uh, 
I mean, our last show was in April. We played in Hamilton. So now we're, we're going uh, back to England uh, in four weeks. We're going back to another festival there. So, you know, great. it's going to be a blast, man. And we're going to go there and just tear the roof off the place, man. Good, good. So are, are you guys back in the Toronto area anytime soon playing? Uh, nothing's booked. Nothing booked. Uh, we played the place in uh, Etobicoke there like three times, the Rock Pile. Oh, the Rock Pile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah we played there three separate times. And uh, I don't know, it's like sometimes you, you don't want to like, uh, Over-saturate. like overextend your... Yeah, so we're going to wait, you know, and make it special every time we come back, you know. So Yeah, yeah, that's a good call. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's good, man. And uh, you and I are northern boys. I, uh, you know, we're talking about uh, you being from Sault Ste. Marie and me being from Sudbury. Sioux Greyhounds. Sudbury Wolves. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I don't think. <laughs> that's the uh, the age old rivalry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're we're uh, we're northern boys. That's for sure, man. Yeah. Canucks, true Canucks in every sense of the word. That's right, my man. I'm uh, I'm heading up there actually this weekend. I'm going to a cottage just uh, on Manitoulin Island, which is uh, oh wow. Yeah, you know where that is, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, that's yeah. your you have you have your own cottage up there. You're saying no, it's a buddy's. Um, okay, I, I haven't been up there for years and years, so it's time for me to get back. Oh, that's good. Yeah, so, yes, yeah, so that'll be that's good. awesome. It'll man. be good to get away. Yeah. Are you, do, do you play an instrument at all, Brent? I do, I play guitar. Yeah. Oh, cool. Okay. Okay. So we, we can speak the same language. <laughs> oh, for sure. Well, I think you can speak a little bit more fluently than I can, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> might be a little, might, I might have a little gibberish in there, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> okay, Greg, you've got some great songs here, my man. So you, uh, you've got a little bit of Elton John. We'll start off with that. And uh, Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me. Yeah, Elton John... Uh, when I was a kid, like uh, that uh, Greatest Hits, when that came out, I don't think I got it the first year, but I think I, around like 76-ish, mm-hmm. maybe 75, uh, I was just floored by that record. I played it over, and I mean, I was a big Elton John. That's when he was really at his, his peak, you know, mm-hmm. with all the big flamboyant costumes and stuff like yeah. that. And uh, and I just love the melodies and the production and uh the songwriting and the lyrics and i i mean i was a kid i even wrote elton john a letter of course he didn't write me back but uh, <laughs> i wrote him a fan letter and um i just to this day like you know that particular song it's just so well written i mean it's you know it's not just typical three bar chords and you know hack through i mean there's some real art there mm-hmm. and uh, the production's amazing you know with the with the strings and the backing vocals and a lot of little subtle things, you know, and yeah. as time goes on, you listen to a song like that. It just, it, it, I just floored by it. Like how great that song is. And Elton John, you know, to uh, listen to him play it now, you can, he can tell he's, he's, he's played it so many times. It's mm-hmm. not the same. It's not in his heart, but back then, man. Oh, and uh, to this day, I still, I still love it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's one of those artists that, you know, you can go through his stuff and, and hear new little kind of nuances every time you hear it, you know. It just the songs are extremely well written. Well, I I wonder if that's because he's a piano player. He's got a little bit more, you know, to choose from because yeah. a lot of times with those guys that are really good piano players, they can really add a lot to the song, uh not just with the piano but but the way the the chord structures are. It's not like typical. That's right. You know, uh, generic stuff, and uh, that's what I found with with Elton and and the, the to produce the producer uh, Gus 
what was his name? Gus Dundrin or uh, Dudgeon. Dudgeon, yeah, 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 like amazing, amazing what that guy was doing. You know, just the little subtle stuff in the background. And so, oh yeah, did, I can go on and on about Elton. <laughs> did you did you do you know that story about Gus and uh, the way that he produced um, Benny and the Jets? Uh, no. Do you know the story about so he, he Gus used to get really angry about the fact that English audiences would clap on the downbeat. Oh. And, and so what he did was he actually put audience clapping in right. in Benny and the Jets, but it's on the downbeat. Right. So if you listen to the song, the beat's backwards on purpose. Oh, that's that's wild. Yeah, and he did he, he did that kind of as a middle finger to uh, to English audiences because it really pissed them off that they did that. It's it's funny because when I when I was growing up in Niagara Falls, uh, when I was in grade seven and eight, I, I had to switch to a Catholic school just because uh, where we moved, it's the only uh, school that uh, had a bus mm-hmm. that would come near my house. Yeah. So I said, well, I guess I got to go to a Catholic school. And part of it, so they when I got there, they uh, I don't know if you're Catholic or not, uh, but they you know you have a thing called confirmation, you get confirmed, mm-hmm. and uh, you have to choose a name, a religious name. Okay. So. Yeah, and I thought, well, okay, I'll pick Benny from Benny and the Jets. <laughs> <laughs> That's but great. it's not it's not a Catholic name. He said, No, you can't choose that. I said, Oh, okay. How about Daniel? Uh, they say, yeah, we can do that. So that's my that's my name. My my confirmation name is Daniel. No, for did, that reason, Elton. Did the did the pastor know that you're referencing Elton John rock and roll songs? Oh no, <laughs> that'd be a no no. <laughs> that's hilarious. That's the devil's music. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least he didn't request like Nikki Six or something like that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> So your your next song here, Greg, is also by Elton John, and it's uh, it's this is a classic. It's one of my favorite Elton John songs, "Your Song." Yeah, off the debut record, uh, another song that's just extraordinarily well written. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm all about melody. I mean, a song's got to have a good vocal melody. Uh, sometimes, you know. I mean, the rock songs, sometimes they got great riffs, but sometimes the melodies aren't that great, the vocal melodies. So, yeah. you know, when the, if you strip the song down and say, okay, hey, let's try that on acoustic, all of a sudden they say, well, you know, I don't know, that's it's not as good as the songs I, I thought it was, you know, mm-hmm. because the guitar would carry the song. Elton John songs, his vocal melodies are so amazing. You could play it, you know, even without music, just, just the vocal melody itself stands on it on its own you know and mm-hmm. uh, that song is just it's, god it just never get tired of it you know no and there's you know when i was doing the list uh you know there's a lot of songs you could pick from but sometimes you get sick of certain songs like mm-hmm. like you know for instance like led zeppelin stay to heaven that <laughs> song's am- amazing but yeah I've heard it so many times that it's like it kind of stale to me. Yes. You know, or even like or like Queen Bohemian Rhapsody. I mean, yeah. that song's a work of art, you know. I mean, you can make a, a play from that song. Mm-hmm. But I've just heard it so many times when it comes on the radio, it's like, oh, yeah, I've heard that, you know. Yeah. But when you hear your song or Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me, those ones, they still, like, oh, turn it up. Got to hear it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a great point. And that is a shame about Stairway to Heaven because it is such a, a masterpiece, right? But oh. I feel the exact same way. I, I can't, if it's on the radio, Greg, I'll, I'll, I'll turn the station. Yeah, isn't that sad? It's, a song that good? It's horrible. You know? Yeah. It's, I know. <laughs> I, it's, it's terrible. Yeah. yeah. I hear you there. Yeah. Another one like that for me, a song I never need to hear again in my life, is You Shook Me All Night Long by ACDC. Oh, oh I know. Jeez. 
Well, you know, I'm sure if you're playing in some cover bands, you probably played that song too. Oh you know? God, yeah. yeah, yeah, it makes things stale. Yep, I hear you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Elton John, your song. I was uh, I was thinking about that song when I saw it on your list. That song actually was a B-side. It was like remember uh, remember Bath. Yeah, take me to, take me to the pilot. Wasn't that's that it. The... That's right. That was the A side, right? That's it. That's so, it. Yeah. So, so your song was a B side for that, and DJs liked your song better, so they flipped the record over and started playing that. Isn't that wild? Yeah, they that's did. Crazy, and that's that's 1970, I think, wasn't it? Back that's then? right. Well, that the back yeah. then was you know DJs could play what they wanted, right? Yeah, yeah. So they just they they preferred your song and they played it. It's like Beth by Kiss. They did the same thing. I think Detroit Rock City, Beth was the B side, and they started playing Beth instead. Yeah, I heard the guys in uh, Kiss like Stanley and, uh, Simmons. and Simmons were a little a little jealous of that one. <laughs> they were not happy about it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, your next song here is uh, by the Beatles. Yesterday, great pick. Well, there you go. There's. That's one of the greatest vocal melodies of all time. Mm-hmm. I mean, it basically, just him and an acoustic. And the, uh, I think was that Phil Spector that uh, produced that. I'm not sure. I, no, I don't. I think George Martin was still in the picture. It was still George Martin, but uh, you know, it, it's one of those songs, like I said with Elton, that you can strip it away, mm-hmm. and it, it's like you know, like a national anthem. You know, it's it's just a melody. You don't yeah. need music. You can just sing that. Well, that's what yesterday that that vocal melody is astonishing i mean it's unbelievable and they were so young when they you know when they wrote that stuff and it's just it floors me a song like that you know there's you know even like uh another one like uh, the long and winding road maybe i'm amazed you know oh yeah you know like oh my god see that greg maybe i'm amazed is a song that makes my skin vibrate every time i hear it that vocal melody everything yeah even the guitar leads like it's just oh my god it's just oh yeah i mean there's a million songs you know like even back to elton john like love lies a bleeding funeral for a friend yeah like that you know the goodbye yellow brick road that song like the melodies are just yeah rocket man yeah if i could write one song like that i'd be happy (laughs) oh i know i know right that's a gift you know talk about paul mccartney he's the guy was just literally hit machine cranking these things out Unbelievable! And like Unbelievable. Maybe, maybe I'm amazed. Doesn't even have an end. It just kind of stops, you know, because he's like, yeah. I'll just go write another hit song. Like it's just, I it's know. just, it's insane. I know it's a shame because when you hear a lot of the, the like uh, people today, you know, maybe that's my age, but they don't seem to have that depth anymore. It's <laughs> it's all about it's all about like the the rhythm and the beats and the sounds and the the reason why I was laughing is because I have this conversation probably once a week with someone. Oh. You know, oh, do you? <laughs> oh, God, yeah. You know, and I, I, again, I was Joe, and people who who listen to the show a lot, I know you've heard a couple of, uh, of episodes, but people who listen to the show a lot are probably getting tired of hearing me kind of shake my fist and be that old man who's like, music was so much better when I was a kid. <laughs> well, I, I'm sure every generation's they all say that, you know, you talk to people from the 50s, oh, that's when, you know, writing was the best. And, oh, yeah. Yeah, but it's true. I mean, I think a, a big part of it uh, is is once people started getting their own recording uh, devices at home, they could record your records at home. It uh, it just everything got so saturated with music that yeah. it just seemed a lot lose a lot. It just you know back back in uh, my day, you you <laughs> had to really you, you had to have a certain amount of 
talent to get a record deal to to actually go into the studio and spend tons of money to have the privilege of recording a record yeah so now anybody could do it so now it, it doesn't there's there's no it's it's not the same yeah. i don't know no I, I know exactly what you mean yeah yeah all right man your next tune is led zeppelin and the rain song great great pick well you know Jimmy Page is my man. Zeppelin's probably my favorite group of all time. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Page is probably my favorite uh, guitarist slash songwriter as a group. Led Zeppelin were and still are amazing. I mean, a lot of bands have one sound. ACDC, love them to death. They got one sound. Led Zeppelin, I mean, they touch on everything, whether it's you listen to a song like Hot Dog, yeah. and you listen to and you listen to a song like Cashmere, you know, yeah. it's like it's they, they, there's they don't care. It's like hey, this is good. Let's put this out, and you know, like records like Physical Graffiti, and you know, the Rain Song from Houses of the Holy, like that song. The chord arrangement is just breathtaking. Oh, yeah. The sound is guitars. Like, you know, he's got that electric 12 string and just, wow. You know, there's not just three chords. It's, that's the type of song you can take the vocals right out of it. And just, just the music itself. It's, it's, it's like Mozart. It's like Beethoven, Bach. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's unbelievable. That song is just unreal, man. I mean, if that comes on the radio, which is very rarely, uh, it, it stops me in my tracks. So oh, got to listen to this one. <laughs> yeah, I, this is one I turn up. And and even on the live like song means the same. It's just so awesome, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. And I, it's not an easy song to play. You know, I've been playing guitar for over forty years, and you know, some of those chords he's in there. I said, like, "What the heck is he doing, man?" Like, you know. And I love that. I love that it's not easy to play. You know? Yeah. It's you know, it, the guy put some serious time into it. You just didn't throw it out there. Say, "Hey, I got the song." Twenty minutes later, let's throw it down. Led Zeppelin didn't do that for a lot of their stuff. They really worked on it and really, you know, labored on it and fine-tuned it and honed it and, you know, oh, yeah. That's, yeah, I agree with you. It's, yeah. a, it's a killer song, man. It's, you know, of, of, of the entire Zeppelin catalog, which is rich, this is probably top three for me. What's the other two? Um, good question. Black Country Woman. Oh, I like killer. That. And I like... Uh, I'm thinking about Led Zeppelin three. I like okay. uh, I like Celebration Day. That's a killer. The live version of that on Song of his name's killer too, man. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm kind of, I'm kind of a deep cuts guy. Like I'm not a big you know I'm not a stairway guy. I'm not a you know I love Cashmere, but I kind of like oh, for the, sure. I like the deeper cuts. Oh for sure, yeah. Cashmere, I've heard that ten million times too. And yeah, yeah, I agree, man. And and they've got such a deep catalog. Just crazy, you know. Yeah. And like I said, the fact they can they can switch up genres and didn't care, and that's what gives a group longevity to me. You know, when you can do that, when you can have a catalog of music that's not one dimensional, mm-hmm. when you can really dig into different uh, styles. You know, whether it's Indian or classical or, yeah. you know, he would play. They play like even the fifties rockabilly type stuff. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and yeah, for sure. So Jimmy Page, he's the man, one of the greatest songwriters out there. Not the best lead player at all times. I mean, he's got, you know, that lead in Stairway to Heaven is epic. Mm-hmm. He's got a bunch of stuff like that. But uh, man, the stuff that that guy did was unreal. Yeah. So. That's the way, also, is one of my oh. absolute favorites. Oh, yeah. I mean, we can go on and on with that. Oh, they, didn't, they, didn't have, <laughs> they didn't have too many clunkers, that's for sure. <laughs> that's true. 
<laughs> all right, we better we better stick with your list here before uh, I talk about Led Zeppelin all uh, all day. Yeah, man. Uh, uh, Leona Boyd is next with Andrew Davis and the English Chamber Orchestra. This is Air on G String. Tell me about this. Air on a G String. Uh, that was written by Bach mm-hmm. uh, over three hundred years ago. It's uh, it's a live record. Uh, when you know when I was starting to learn how to play guitar i would you know try to learn as different styles instead of just rock because Mm -hmm. i really wanted to learn different styles so it would help me so i wouldn't become one-dimensional it wouldn't sound like everybody else so Mm -hmm. uh, i had a subscription to guitar player magazine and every you know every issue they'd introduce different styles and this guy's the you know like the the greatest jazz player around named al dimiola Mm -hmm. oh who's this guy so gotta pick him up and i'd learn from him and Leanna Boyd, uh, she would be on different TV shows, and I love classical music, but I didn't, I wasn't like deep into it, and uh, I'd see her on like the Mike Douglas show, and mm-hmm. you know maybe the Tonight Show and stuff like that, and uh, was amazed at what she would be playing. Like, and if she's playing like Bach stuff, some of the chording and stuff like that is almost like heavy metal. I mean, you know, really? it's it's not distorted, but the the chord arrangements have real dark sounds to it and stuff like that and so she put this record out and i think it was like 77 or 79 Mm -hmm. and it's a live record like you said with andrew davis and the english chamber orchestra and that record changed my life i mean to this day uh, it's one of those records that's shut the lights off put the headphones on and just let it you know, wrap itself around you. Yeah. The strings and, and arrangements and uh, that Andrew Davis did on that is just amazing. Because sometimes when you get a classical guitar record and it's just solo, mm-hmm. it gets a little monotonous after a while because it's just it's just kind of has the sameness to it. Yeah. But when you hear an orchestra behind it, just you know, playing off of what she's playing, it's oh my god, it's stunning. Yeah. It really is. I, I really highly recommend you and your listeners to check that out if you ever get a chance. It's just beautiful. I mean, that's unbelievable. Yeah, no. And every song on that record is is. Uh, <laughs> I can't speak highly enough of that record. And it's a shame that you know it never really crossed over uh, in, into the you know the masses and stuff like that. But uh, it's funny because uh, back in I think it might have been ninety one or something like that brighton mm-hmm. rock we were nominated for some junos and stuff mm-hmm. so we're at the junos and it's starting to you know wind down so some people are starting to leave and we got invited to uh, a record company party so as we're getting ready to leave uh, i was with uh, my girlfriend at the time who's now my wife and uh and my mother i brought them as guests and mm-hmm. we're getting ready to leave and and who's walking out was liana boyd with oh uh, wow i don't know if that's her husband or somebody and and I had like black leather pants on, long black jacket, and you know, long hair. And I go, <laughs> Liana Boyd, and she looks over at me like she goes, "Uh oh." She had this look like, "Oh my god." <laughs> well, I walk up. I go, "You're a huge inspiration. Do you think you'll ever record a record with Andrew Davis in the English Chamber Orchestra?" She, she was kind of startled, like, "Whoa, like you, you know that?" And I said. Yeah. It's that's unbelievable that record. It's astounding, and uh, you, sh- you know, I'm I'm honored to be talking to you right now. Like she was really impressed that that somebody that looked like I did would know that record so well in and out. And we talked about it for a bit. And that's great. Yeah, yeah, I, I'll never forget that, man. It was awesome. Nice. That's cool. 
Okay, we're uh, going to shift gears a little bit here, Greg. We're going to UFO next. You've, you've got two here. The first one is Love to Love from Lights Out, around 77. I think this came out, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Michael Shanker is probably, as a lead guitar player, my biggest influence. Uh, that guy is unbelievable. He's got killer vibrato, great tone. Yeah. Uh, he's got the classical influence. You can tell he listened to a lot of classical music and, uh, you know, and a lot of his choice of notes is just not your typical Johnny be good, Chuck Berry type riffs. He would dig a little deeper and start going into deeper modes. And a lot of it is classical influence. And, uh, that particular record is God, it's so good. That one, uh, obsession and the, and the live record strangers of the night, those three records, my God, unbelievable. And that song love to love. It's, it's funny cause you know, the seven songs, that I, I picked here are pretty much all ballads, <laughs> huh. you know, and, uh, but that song, it's, it's almost like a stairway to heaven Yeah. that, you know, it starts off slow and it slowly builds and, and it builds up this killer lead and, you know, crescendo and, uh, and the string arrangement on that, I forgot the guy's name. It was, the record was produced by Ron Nevison who did those three records. Yeah. But I remember, I remember hearing an interview with Ron and he's talking about the guy that did all the, the string arrangements and he's from Toronto. Oh. And I was, I was so happy to hear that. I was like, all oh, right on. No wonder this sounds so good. A fellow Canuck. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, that song, uh, are you, are you familiar with uh, UFO much? Or? Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm a fan. I, this is, I think this is the last tune on lights out, right? Side two. Steve Harris actually called this his favorite song, I think. This is Steve Harris's favorite tune. Is that right? Yeah, I, I read that somewhere a long time ago. Yeah. Love to Love is. That's his favorite song. Yeah, that's what he said. Wow, that's amazing. I you know, never it's crazy. know, eh? When you when you hear their style of music, you you never know, eh? It's like, well, that's cool to hear that, you know. Yeah, I, yeah. I appreciate him a bit more even now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a killer song. Great record uh, from front to back. The production's amazing, and like I said, like I'm really into arrangements and melodies, and can't get much better than that, man. Yeah, you're right. This is a stairway to heaven for UFO. I think like it's got that kind of orchestral bit in the middle, and then that crazy guitar solo to end the song by Schenker. Oh, it's so awesome the way it builds to that, and it's like he just takes off, and his yeah. tone to this day, it's still his tone just amazes me. Man. Yeah. You know, I, I think the thing that sets him apart from the other guys is is his note selection. He doesn't play just kind of pentatonic stuff, you know, over and over and over again, right? Well, especially those three records I mentioned. Uh, and then he had a, a couple of the first two solo records he did, Michael Shanker Group and the second one. He, he, he didn't overplay. I find like now, like I, I bought everything he's ever got, like mm-hmm. even, the you know, all the, the newest records. I find now he's just winging it. Uh, oh, really? like what he plays is yeah what he what he plays is still like wow that's that's really awesome but back then you could tell he really worked on the solos uh like the solos become melodies in themselves where that's you right. could you could sing along to the, what he's playing the, the notes he's playing as a guitar player and you could tell he didn't just wing it he, he worked on that to take away from the vocal melody so it just didn't go in a different you know tangent there it's like no no we're gonna we're gonna lift this even a bit more yeah and uh because he didn't overplay on that record a lot like he he really underplayed the note selection is just astounding i'm like i said before vibrato if you're a guitar player vibrato is a, a 
big thing, you know, uh, for me. I yeah. can tell a good guitar player a lot just by his vibrato. He, he plays a few notes, but if he's got good vibrato, that's everything. And yeah. uh, he's got the best, you know. He's got one of the best out there, and the sound's amazing. And Oh, I can't speak enough uh, about that guy. We actually met him uh, when we were recording our last record down in Los Angeles, Brighton Rock, and we were staying at the same uh, apartments. They had these furnished apartments, and the, the record company set us up there for, I don't know, three weeks, and he was right there. Hmm. And got to meet him and asked him out for dinner. He de- politely declined, and uh, yeah, so that was cool. I got he, my picture with him. <laughs> is, he, is he a good guy? He was a really good guy. It's funny because uh, I, I said, well, let's get together. And I said, yeah, okay. So the next day I'm knocking on his door. He opens, <laughs> he opens the door. He's like, oh, hi. I go, hey, you said let's get together. Uh, would you mind going out for dinner with us? We're going to go for sushi and stuff like that. My treat. Because yeah. actually, uh, I can't do a German accent. Actually, I'm fasting right now. But I appreciate oh. the offer. Wow. I said, okay. He's fasting. Okay. Well, He's got a reputation for being a bit of a hothead. I guess so. Uh, I know back in the back in the I read some books on UFO and uh, you know those guys were notorious partiers and drinkers and stuff yeah, like that. And he yeah. used to, he used to get pretty mad because they never wanted to rehearse. They never wanted to work on stuff, and he did, you know. Yeah. And there was that there was that barrier the because he was German, he couldn't speak English hardly at all back then. He speaks a lot better now, but back then it was it was really tough for him. Yeah. So he'd be on the road with these guys and didn't really have anybody to chum around with a lot. And, you know, these guys be able to, so he'd want to, he'd just be locking himself into a room and just practice and practice and work and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I've heard that too. You know, a lot of those guys that I consider geniuses and stuff like that, yeah. they all have this ex- eccentric part of them. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah. if, if they all, every one of them, you can hear these. You hear stories about him after the facts, like, "Well, that guy's a weirdo." Or really, <laughs> you know, like even something like Steve Jobs or something. Did you know yeah. he cut that movie? I mean, yeah. the guy's a genius, but he's crazy at the same time. And and I think that's uh, you know, there's a certain part of that in a lot of those guys that I consider to be geniuses. They they you know they have their own little way of doing things and their own they're in their own little world. And sometimes people can't relate to them. Uh, they might get frustrated with the people. So. I gave him a pass. Yeah. No, good for you. Yeah, I agree. I mean, clearly he was and still is extremely gifted. And, uh, you know, those guys just don't subscribe to the mainstream. So No, for sure. I mean, when he left UFO, they just became a club uh, club act after that. And it's a shame. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. What are you going to do? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Well, we can go into the next UFO song. That's what we can do. You've got Try Me here, too, also from Lights Out. Once again, another ballad. And, uh... It's an amazing song. It's it's really heavy on the string arrangements. It has that classical, it, you know, if you listen to, like I said, back to Leanna Boyd, that the string arrangements and stuff like that, the, the orchestration on Try Me is just killer. Mm-hmm. And then it's it's another song, if you listen to the beginning of the lead, you know, on paper, the guitar lead is so simple, but not the way he plays it, man. It's just... He underplays it, and he kind of almost plays behind the beat. Mm. It's just amazing. Um, oh, that song floors me. And and, and it's and, and same with the the vocals on that. Phil Mogg, uh, he's such a great singer. It's you never you never really hear him get a lot of the credit for uh, being you know one of the top singers. But he was amazing, amazing yeah. singer. It still is. He's I, get, I heard he's retiring this year. Yeah, calling it a day. Seven years old, but. Uh, 
the combination of his voice and Shanker's guitar and uh, the arrangements and stuff like that particular song, the, the whole record, that, yeah. that record is flawless, man. Yeah. You know, I, I can't speak highly enough of it, but uh, for any of your listeners out there, that's a good, those are two good songs to start off with. You know, if you want to get into some rockers, like only you can rock me and the song lights out and Dr. Doctor and too yeah. hot to handle and, no, I can go on and on with UFO. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Well, even in terms of records, they had a great string, probably starting with uh, Forset, you know, in 75. Oh, uh, Obsession, you know, Strangers in the Night, like just, I mean, Shanker's just a, for me, Shanker makes it, you know. Absolutely. Like, even if the simplest chord arrangement, like when he first joined the group he didn't he wasn't in the group long enough to really put his stamp on on it so mm-hmm. some of the songs kind of sound a little cliche until he played yeah and then he he would kind of just bring it to life and uh i heard one of his big influences was uh leslie west from mountain really which i find yeah it's like what, really wow i never i never would have thought that but yeah. uh yeah uh he's i can't speak highly enough of michael shanker man i mean uh you know, you listen to a lot of people in my in my age group that guitar player wise, you, you'll hear a lot of them. They'll still uh, mention his name as being an influence. You know, oh, there's yeah. always the obvious Eddie Van Halens and, and stuff like that. But yeah, uh, it's 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 a shame Shanker never really got the you know the credit he he deserves. You know, I mean, I I seen him three times playing the Rock Pile in Toronto, mm-hmm. and the, the the one time there was 150 people there, and I'm looking, I'm going, I can't believe this. This is Michael Shanker, and there's 150 people. It's not even half sold out. Yeah, and I was still blown away. I mean, the guy's on fire. Like, oh my god. Yeah, that guy's a living legend right there, and nobody seems to care. <laughs> I, I think a lot of people just they just don't know. I mean, he he did his time in Scorps, but that was way before they got popular. And I think UFO was never really that big in North America, right? No, they never. Well, I mean, when they did the Strangers of the Night, uh, they had pockets in the States. Mm-hmm. Like they played a theater in Chicago for that record. So they're big in certain parts, little pockets. But then there's, you know, because the country's so big in Canada, they weren't really known at all too no, much. No. I remember uh, when I was 16, uh, ACDC opened for UFO at uh, I think it might have been Massey Hall. Wow! And uh, I couldn't go, and it's like, oh my god, I don't want to go. But uh, <laughs> and you know that's before ACDC really took off. But yeah, uh, yeah so they never really got past the the, the theater uh, thing because they, they never really had a lot of airplay. They didn't, uh, you know, uh, they were they might have been a little bit too British with a little too classically tinged. They they weren't really pop rock. Mm-hmm. So they never got a chance to cross over. They didn't really make all the fanzines back then, like Circus and Hip Raider and Metal Edge. And I don't know if it's because of just, you know, people just didn't like it or maybe they just didn't have good management. But uh, I still dig them to this day. The, you know, those records never get old to me. Uh, you know, next time if we ever do something like this, maybe we can uh, pick records, you know, which, which records appeals you but uh, if we do this ever again, I'm going to pick some rockers next time because this is seven <laughs> ballads. <laughs> it's like, God, I thought this guy's a rocker. He's picking nothing but ballads. <laughs> I, I didn't want to say anything, man. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But the, uh, and it's funny because those songs, you know, sometimes uh, the greatest songs happen to be ballads. So I don't yeah, know. But, but I, wear also, my, I, wear my, I wear my heart on my sleeve, I guess. 
Yeah, and that's that, that's a good thing, you know. The, the show is about the songs that make your skin vibrate, right? And it's not it's not necessarily your favorite songs; it's the songs that move you emotionally. So, if it's seven ballads, it's seven ballads, and typically ballads, you know, are more apt to move you, you know, than a rock tune is. So, good on you, man. It, it's true. Um, I looked through. I looked through. Uh, I just scrolled through your uh, some of the people you did um, previous interviews with mm-hmm. to see their their list and stuff like that. And you mm-hmm. know, it's like, oh, okay. Have you did a list for yourself of seven songs? Yeah, I can't remember what episode it is. It's like episode sixteen or something like that. Okay, but it's, I'm gonna have to check it out and see where you're at. Yeah, have have a, have a look and and send me a note and let me know what you think because it's uh, you know I'm guessing half of it's Brighton Rock, right? Uh, well, three quarters of it's Brighton Rock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna definitely check that out for sure. Yeah, have a look and uh, and give me a shout. I will, man. Yeah, and we can awesome. we can we can do this again for sure. We'll do records or we'll do rockers, whatever you want. You're welcome to come back anytime, Greg. Well, absolutely. I mean, I. I there's there's a million million rockers out there. I could I could list you 20 right now, but uh, we'll we'll keep that for another day for sure, man. All right, definitely. Um, yeah, and if you're in Toronto, uh, give me a show. We'll have a beer. How many? <laughs> More than one. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, I'll definitely take take you up for that. And if we, uh, if the band happens to be playing around Toronto, I'll definitely get you on the list and yes, uh, come on out, meet the boys, and come back party with us and uh you know let's give her i'd love to i'd love to count me in on that for sure man absolutely man all right well thank you very much for your time my friend i appreciate it my pleasure brent uh let's do this again sometime and if you're ever around niagara falls give me a call you know let's I, keep in touch i will I, for I can, sure yeah i can be your your own little drunken tour guide i like that <laughs> <laughs> all right man this has been No Sleep Till Sudbury with Brent Jensen and my very special guest, Greg Fraser. Greg, thank you so much, man. Cheers, brother. All right, cheers. Till next time, folks. Take good care. Brent Jensen is the best-selling author of No Sleep Till Sudbury, Leftover People, and All My Favorite People Are Broken. All titles available in stores and on Amazon Worldwide. <laughs>